Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. And we are joined in studio by uh, Sinead Ryan. Sinead, you're very welcome, Hi, as always. Um, now, uh, car insurance is what we're going to uh, focus on uh, today. So every Monday at this time, uh, we put your uh, consumer issues to Sinead. And as I said, uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, insurance and motoring and so on. Mm. And we got an email about an incident with uh, car insurance. Let's have a listen to the email. Dear Adrian, I was wondering if any time soon you'd bring up the topic of car insurance as noted above. I'm contacting your team as I find myself in a situation that is in the least bizarre, if not right out ridiculous. A bit over five months ago, I had a rather minor car incident, a single car accident as they call it, which I reported to my car insurer as my car would not start after the crash. I was towed to my home address. On my first phone call to the insurance company, I suggested the car be brought to a Ford garage for it is a 2017 Mondeo. Instead, they decided to drop it to a Hyundai garage in Kildare. An assessor went to it three weeks later. However, his report turned inconclusive as the car was declared borderline and it was abandoned in the garage in Kildare for over two months. During this time, I was calling the insurer a few times every week and got no update. Meanwhile, I needed to rent a car as my work and family commitments are depending on me driving. The insurance company only paid for eight days and a further ten days they gave me a discounted corporate rate. Since December 22nd, I paid full price, which today is mounting a staggering six to seven thousand euros. I've asked them to help with me with the cost, explaining that it is not my fault that I have no car and renting is imperative and not a luxury. They've refused me any aid. On February 8th, someone from the claims department sent me an email in which she said they have a file ready for review and I shall be contacted shortly. On February 14th, the same person sent another email in which she stated that my vehicle is now with a Ford garage in Nace and an engineer would look into it the next day. So, in the email sent on February 8th, they told a lie as they could not have a file ready without a report. She asked if I wanted to lodge a complaint, which I declined, explaining that we could reach a reasonable conclusion, meaning that they cover at least some of the costs of the rental while they make a decision on my car should suffice. She did not reply for many days, and when she did, she simply and ignorantly said, I rent at my own accord, failing to see that this was a direct consequence of their actions. So, Sinead, what happened there? (laughs) Well, do you know what? When I got this email, I thought, there is a patient man. Mm. I mean, months and months and months and months for something that is, you know, insurance 101. Here's a scratch. Fix it. Uh, So this was this was dreadful. And now, look, trying to be kind here, this was definitely an outlier. Most insurance claims are dealt with much quicker than this once they're admitted. So once somebody said, yep, this this is covered on your policy and we're prepared to do it. And most policies allow a clause whereby you can get a, 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 a car, a hire car to drive while you're waiting on this to be done. But, but they do have a limit, don't they? Don't they do. And sometimes they're limited by days and sometimes they're limited by the amount. And it won't always be a brand new car the same as yours. It could be some other car, but who cares? It's just to get you around for the few days. And garages and in particular insurers don't want cars lying around for weeks and weeks and weeks, taking up forecourt space, servicing space, whatever. So this was definitely an outlier. So uh, when I got this email last week, I was able to contact the insurance company directly and uh, they were initially reluctant to engage because of the, oh, we're going to say GDPR. Do you know what I mean? This, the names and the... De- 
But interestingly enough, uh, and coincidentally, I'm sure they managed to track down this particular individual. And uh, because I think it was such an unusual case and there's a car sitting out there for months that isn't reunited with its owner. Anyway, they have agreed to get in touch uh, directly with the owner and sort it all out. So I am confident that we won't have to address it again, Adrian, on mm. live radio. I mean, it, it just seems bizarre. As you said, uh, the, the, the person was very, very patient. Yeah. It wouldn't be me yeah. now. Do you know what I think <laughs> happened here? And I don't know this for sure because they're not admitting it. I think somebody just forgot about it. I mean, I know that we like to think there's hard explanations for everything. But, but it I could be just as simple as that. It went to one garage where it shouldn't have gone. Mm. And whoever was there thought somebody else was dealing with it. I, I lay my bet in it and, and that can happen. But to not follow up and keep following up. And I would say to people, persistence is key in making any claim for any product anywhere, whether it's a regulator, an insurer, a bank. Keep at it, keep at it because they get sick and tired of you. Uh, and that's really what you want. Mm. All right. Let's talk about um, uh, motoring and Scams, for example, when it comes to uh, insuring uh, a car. Yeah, now you do have to be careful here because the first thing I'll say is, and everybody knows this, there's a massive backlog in the NCT uh, offices at the moment. They are just not getting through. And indeed, when it comes to new drivers doing tests, okay, and that's all COVID, COVID, COVID or whatever, getting staff and all that. I I would say to people that... um, You're not technically insured unless you have an up-to-date NCT cert. However, there are waivers in place where people have booked an NCT, but they can't get one for a few months. And if you can print off that email and pop it in your window, then if you're challenged by the guards, you can say, look, I booked it. I just can't get around to it. And they're fine with that. People get in a panic and then somebody on social media tells them that their brother-in-law's uncle got something, an NCT cert kind of on on the hurry. Look, there's lots of fake stuff around, fake tax certs, fake NCT certs, and the worst of all are the fake insurance certs, because in that particular case, the driver doesn't know they're buying a fake. They think they're getting discount insurance. And the way that scam works is you find out in social media, it's a lot of them are run through Facebook, that uh, somebody is off- offering discount, heavily discounts, a broker on car insurance. You apply for it. You pay one month upfront, which looks very cheap, they go and actually take out an insurance policy in your name, but they don't pay the rest of the premiums and you think you're covered and mm. you're not. Mm. Um, and it's important to note as well, if you're going down the road of fake uh, NCT certs or tax discs mm. or whatever, the Guardi now have access to the information on your car. They do. And and it's not even that. I mean, whatever about kind of the off chance of coming across a guard that doing some kind of a check, which is rare enough, it's if you're involved in a tip. Um, you are not insured. Now, so it's a kind of a false economy because it might look as if you're, you have all the right stuff, but the insurance company will spot that because they can check the motor tax office, they can check the NCT. They're going to do that first before they ever look at paying a claim on your car. Mm. Okay, let's talk about uh, selling cars, which is something I did myself uh, recently for the first mm. time ever I sold my car uh, privately. It was difficult. Um yeah, selling and buying, Adrian, is a tough one here because a lot of people are tempted to do the old private sale, not go through a garage and then they think, oh, well, look, I'm not paying a garage commission and they're going to get an upgrade in my car and all this. Buying a car privately ha- gives you no rights whatsoever. OK, and, and therein lies the problem because the rights that you have under the Sale of Goods and Services Act comes from business, mm-hmm. it not private sales. So and it's 
more like buying something on eBay. You know, it's only if the site offers particular protections. So buying off a, off a garage, particularly I would say one that's uh, registered with the SIMI because they have their own internal mechanism, which is very, very good, means you can bring it back if something goes wrong and say, go fix this, repair, replace or refund. You can't do that in a private sale. So do be careful. And also a lot of the private sales, you might find that there's more capacity for the car to be clocked or for it to be a ringer, which is when it's been in a collision and it's been mashed together with another car. And you're not going to know that. Uh, Motor check and cartel are great services. You're paying 35 to 50 quid to get all of that checked, including if there's outstanding finance. I'm coming across an awful lot of that at the moment. People are selling them with loans still out on them. They will check all that. And in the context of thousands of euros on a car, it's really a small price to pay. Mm. All right, Sinead, I had a load more questions to put to you, but unfortunately the clock has has beaten us. Um, Consumer expert and presenter of the home show here at News Talk, Sinead Ryan, thank you as always. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.